Welcome, welcome, welcome back to That Damn Carter Girls Podcast. Hello, my loves. How are you doing? I pray your day is flowing well with, well, um, <laughs> it's rainy here and my daughter had to go to work with me. She was, um, in the office and she was such a good child. She's such a good girl. And she just sat there, played on her tablet, did her cursive writing because they closed all the schools here. And um, I had someone that I had to go and take care of for a few hours. So the, the other nurse <laughs> watched her for me in the office. So I'm just blessed and thankful that I was able to do so. Okay, this podcast is titled Triggers, and I'm going to handle this podcast very delicate because I've been very transparent about things that has happened in my life. I'm not for sure if I shared with you all the trauma and the triggers that came from that, and so I I'm going to share that with you. I believe I'll share it with you. Matter of fact, I know I share it with you all that I was mentally, physically, emotionally, and economically abused. And so, and physically, if I didn't say physically. So, experiencing those things in my life, I, I don't consider myself a victim. I always consider myself a survivor. But experiencing those things, it also have done things to me that is not healthy. So I don't even know if I really want to say it's not healthy. I think, and a lot I think, I know I put up safeguards for myself. Let's say that. I put safeguards up for myself because I know what I felt in those moments. And I never wanted to feel those that way again. So one example was I was in a relationship. I'm in my 20s. And this person is was is 13 years my senior. And so she got jealous because I was going to hang out with a friend of mine, which I, you know, talked to her and asked, you know, was it cool? Do we have any plans? She said no. So I guess she didn't like what I had on. So I had like this really cute top that, and you know, in your 20s, you do a little bit more skimpy things, skimpier things. So my top was, it went across my top, my breast, and it tied, and then it went around my belly, my waist, and it tied. So, but then I had a little strap on my shoulder, and then I had my fitted jeans with some nice heels on. So I was getting ready to walk out the door, and I told her, you know, I'll see her later. And I'm, I don't stay out late, because I don't like closing clubs, especially in Detroit. So I went at a decent time. I was leaving out at a decent time, and she knew that I was going to come back home at a decent time because, one, I don't drink or smoke. I don't do any of those things, and plus I don't like closing clubs. And I had these really cute braids in my hair. And um, one of my homegirls was at the house to go with me. So I was walking, getting ready to walk out the door, and I went to give her a kiss, and I told her I was gone. And she looked at me. Like, where the hell are you going? And I said, um, you know, we're going out. 
And she said, no, the blank, <laughs> no, the blank you not, because not going out like that, I was covered. The only thing that was out was like my midsection. Um, and then my homegirl was looking like, oh, what the heck is going on here? And she had been drinking. And I was like, well, I'm still going. Um, we had this conversation, so I'm going to go ahead and head out. So I go to get in my car. She hops in the passenger seat and commenced to beating me up while I was in the, pa- in the driver's seat. She snatched my, dr- my shirt off of me. She yanked me. She pulled my hair. And with braids, I mean, <laughs> it's to the scalp, so she snatched my braids. And like four or five of my braids was hanging off my scalp because I had some of them was French braided down and then the other ones, some of them was loose. So the ones that was French braided down, a couple of the ones that was French braided down was the ones that she snatched out my head. And my homegirl was looking in utter disbelief. I mean, and so was I because it was the first time she she has done anything to me, first time she's ever abused me. And so um, she, my homegirl, left. And I'm sitting there, like, in disbelief and crying and not even knowing what to do. And I stayed in this relationship for seven years. So imagine that happening. And I got that done. I got, you know, she had a son at the time. So she would tell him not to respect me and this dumb bee and, like, just stuff. Just, oh, it was bad. She got jealous because my family, I had a picture of my family up on my, um, on a dresser where my fragrance and stuff was. And so she, she took the fragrance. And I tell you, that's when Bath and Body Works was really popular. I had a lot of that and I had all of these other fragrances. She took our arms and ran it across the whole thing and knocked it all down, shattering everything, including the picture that I had of my family. That I can't get back because I don't even know, you know, where it, it was on an old school camera. Like you take the picture and got to take it to go get printed out. One of those type things. So I have no access to it anymore. And it just was so bad. It was so bad. And I'm so thankful that I survived her. And it was way more stuff. But I'm just giving like brief synopsis of my experience because if I went through everything We'll be on here for like an hour, just only on my life experience with her. So I experienced that. And then the controlling part with the people and I couldn't have friends. And so she isolated me from my friends and family. And so I vowed that I would never let anyone separate me from my friends or family. But I also wanted to be mindful of the friends and family that I had around me as well. So it was just a lot of lot of things. I was 20, 21, probably at the time before I, she did all this right before I went to the military. So um, I was very nervous. I was very fearful of anyone like, like touching me. Um, and I had to work through those things. And so we're going to fast forward to me dating someone, which is my... Well, I just, I'm not going to say who it is. I'll just leave that because I don't, I'm not trying to give, I'll give a lot, but I'm not, 
going to give too much to put them on a pedestal or give them a platform, if that makes sense. So fast forward to this young lady I was dating, um, I want to say 10 years ago. Um, Now, she was an alcoholic (laughs) as well. Had no clue, um, but she was an alcoholic. She didn't smoke though, but she was an alcoholic, and she would like verbally, like just say things that make me feel small, so small, like I was nothing in the beginning. Um, she was not like that. She did not present that way, but it made me feel so small. So we had went out to the club one day. We were going to Florida, and um, since I don't drive, drink, I'm always a designated driver. She got so drunk, and I'm guiding us to the car, and she pushed me in front of a moving car. <laughs> so I have things that is very triggering for me. And also, too, when she would get drunk, and because we slept in separate bedrooms, I, I was not, at this point in time, like, I, I didn't feel safe being around. I didn't even want to lay next to her. So I have on my own room, and I'll wake up to her staring. She was, like, standing over me. Or she would hit me to wake me up. And so I have these things where I work through in counseling and therapy and really diving deep into figuring out what makes me, takes me to that place. And I wanted to make sure that I inform anyone that I'm with that, you know, I have these triggers. And I know that it's not for them to manage, but it's it's for them to respect. I shouldn't have to negotiate. And, and, exp- and over explain and constantly beg somebody to honor my triggers because if they if you care and love someone enough then you would honor and respect them even if you don't know anything about them like if I say to you okay these are my triggers please don't pull me if you need me just call me if I'm resting if I'm sleeping and you're laying next to me don't hit me or don't stand over me. Please, just call my name and I promise you I'll wake up. I had a situation where I told that to someone and she didn't honor that. She was in her feelings about something and she hit me and in my sleep to wake me up. And I broke out in shingles. It was so traumatic for me. Um, it was painful. Shingles are so painful. And, I mean, I literally went to work. I couldn't even wear a bra. I mean, I wish I can post pictures so you can see. Matter of fact, I just think I might. I might, um, when I post this podcast on my um, podcast page on Instagram, I'm going to post and then I was out. You would swipe over to see 
how bad they were. And I had my physician that I work with take a look. And he was like, you need to go to the doctor so they can tell you what this is. You know what it is. I know what it is. But I need you to go get told what it is by your your PCP, which is your primary care physician. And so I did. And I had a conversation with her. I told my um my primary care what happened. And um, I had a, told her I had a conversation with the person. And I said, um, she said that she would never do it again. But the problem is when you tell people your triggers, sometimes they use those against you. Like my life, my life that the life that I've experienced um, is I don't believe that that should be ammunition to be used against you. I mean, you experienced it, you lived it. Why would you want to have to relive that all over again? And why would you, if you're saying that you genuinely love and care for somebody, why would you want to do that to cause them harm or make them relive it? I, I, I never understood that. And so my biggest thing is when I say it's my responsibility to tell you my triggers. It's for me to manage it, but it's for you to respect it and also to make sure that you don't do anything to intentionally trigger me. And it's, it shouldn't be a debate or negotiation when it's like, hey, can you please not do this? And you explain why, or if you ask, simply ask somebody, can you just don't do this to me, please? And then they constantly do it. They keep doing it. And then when you finally say, could you not do this to me because this is a trigger? And then they they understand. But I don't think that that should be a reason why you should understand. If I simply ask you not to do this to me, then I think that that should be respected because you would want that respected, that same respect. It's amazing what people do to other folks, but they don't want it done to themselves. Triggers are very, it's very traumatizing. And I try my hardest. Matter of fact, I'm very intentional with making sure that I don't project my triggers on anyone. Not even my child. But if something happens that triggers me and it's her that did it, which she hasn't done anything. She's she's very young. I'll have a conversation with her. But I also will let her know the signs of people that aren't healthy for you. I was going through mommy issues when I, I allowed that abuse to happen for seven years. I didn't feel like I was worthy of anything. So I accepted it. And then when my other situation happened, I knew I was worthy of more. I didn't know that that person would do that. And so that's one of the reasons why, out of a a number of reasons why I left. But when that other thing happened and I had um, shingles, I didn't pass go. I did not collect $200. I left. I love because I trusted you. So 
I know that they say you're never supposed to tell somebody about your past relationship because they're going to, that's ammunition for them to use or not do because they know the things not to do to, to keep you or something like that. I don't know if I worded it right, but I do believe in sharing I overshare probably sometimes, so I probably need to sit with that and figure out why I do that. Matter of fact, I know why I do that. I don't I don't like secrets. I feel like you should know me. You want to know me, you can know me. I don't I don't have an issue with that. Um, but I do pay attention to how people move when I share and if they treat me any different. So please, if you're some with someone and they're intentionally doing harm to you. Leave. Please leave. Because if you don't voluntarily leave, they will do things to you. And you may not even have the option or the ability to leave. Love yourself enough. Know your triggers and be comfortable and be okay with, hey, these are my triggers. And if they disrespect you or don't value you, then you know the answer and you need to leave. I don't care how good the loving is. I don't care how much they provide for you. I don't care. It's not worth your life. It's not. I know this one was a little heavier than normal. But please, if you don't take nothing else from me, I want you to understand and take away my life experience and don't relive it I lived it enough for you I don't want you all to live or experience what I experienced and I'm just giving you the surface stuff it's so much more that's all I have for you loves I send peace ease and an abundance of light to you it's Wednesday and I need you to win this day and every day, be well, and I'll talk to you soon or later.